0: What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 217, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And oh my goodness, are we dazzled, entertained, frustrated, all kinds of different emotions with the Dallas Cowboys and free agency and Randy Gregory, and we're going to get into that. We are going to discuss it. We will find out the very latest on some of the things that are out there. ESPN Cowboys insider Todd Archer is going to jump on with us here in a a bit on this version. Got to take a trip around the block. We've got some NFL free agency thought. All sorts of things getting rolling here. And it all starts because it's made possible with our great sponsors like Greening Law. If you've been hurt in a car accident, if you've experienced malpractice, if... You've been injured on the premises of a business. You need to call the lawyers at Greening Law. They've represented clients from all sorts of different car accidents, birth injuries, sexual assault cases with hospitals, all kinds of different things. Let them fight your legal battle against the insurance companies.
1: Because if you do that, it can never, ever go wrong for you. Because number one, first and foremost, people, they don't get paid unless you get paid. So they will grind for you. You don't have to worry about it, man. It's not like that at every place. But at this, at uh, Greening, man, they take care of you.
0: Yes, that's the way to do it, I would say. And it's, I've done it. You can do it. And you're going to enjoy it. It's 972-934-8900. The consultation's absolutely free. 972-934-8900. Call now. Offices, Dallas, Texas. Randy Gregory. The report. Told you. The the reports this morning the Dallas Cowboys and Randy Gregory have agreed to keep him in Dallas. Five year contract, $70 million, $28 million guaranteed. Of course, you can do the math on that. That is $14 million a year on average. Randy Gregory is coming back. Tank Lawrence, who Tank Lawrence took a pay cut. Tank Lawrence redid his contract, took less money to allow the Cowboys to make some of these moves with the idea you know what? Tank on one side, Rainy Greger on the other side, Micah Parsons. Let's keep these guys healthy. Let's get them out together. Let's let them rip it up because these dudes can ball. But as Lee Corso would say in the world of college football, not so fast, my friend. Nah, bruh. It was really
1: weird. Here's what's let me name drop for just a second. Here's what's crazy. I, uh, I went to lunch with, a, with our mutual friend, Donovan Lewis, today uh, from The Ticket. Uh, he does a show, as you, most of you guys know, with Norm Hitchkiss from mm-hmm. 10 to noon. So because I was going to lunch with Donnie, I turned off my stuff and I went to work on uh, JJT Media Group stuff for a good solid couple of hours. And then I immediately hopped in the car, listened to some music, popped down for lunch with him. As we're leaving lunch, he goes, <laughs> I said, What do you think's going to happen with Randy Gregory? He said, Man, that Gregory situation was crazy. I said, What Gregory situation? Dog, you know, man. You know, ESPN had him going to uh Cowboys and I think Gelkin Roadie was going to the Cowboys yeah. just as somebody else in Denver was like, No, he's going to Denver. I said, Oh, damn, I tuned out and I I'm lost. Where is he? He goes, In Denver. I said, you lying? He said, nah, bro, he is in Denver with the Broncos. Mm -hmm. And I go to myself, see, this is why when you disappear from Twitter for a couple of hours, it can feel like a couple of days because things move so freaking fast. And literally, bro, I was out of pocket for about three and a half hours. And
0: look at what happened during them three and a half hours. Yes, and in those three and a half hours, Randy Gregory did a U-turn, double birds the Cowboys and is going to the Denver Broncos. And apparently for the exact same contract, five years, $70 million, $28 million guaranteed, about the exact same contract, same numbers as what the Cowboys were willing to do. But reports started surfacing that Randy Gregory has decided to go to Denver because at the last second, after terms were agreed upon, the Cowboys tried to change the language in the contract to protect themselves. Well, our buddy Clarence Hill Jr., who we have on the podcast every week, he just tweeted out that he has a source and according to his source with knowledge of the negotiations that this is standard language in Dallas Cowboys contracts. The language is is the same as it is in Michael Gallup's contract, the same as it is in Demarcus Lawrence contract. It was not specified for Gregory. Gregory. It's basically a player could lose bonuses or guarantees if a player is fined or suspended. Chill says the only player who doesn't have this language in his contract, shock, is Dak Prescott. He also says that the language was not inserted at the last minute. It is standard. It's in all contracts, per his source with knowledge of the negotiations. Uh, And that's why Lyle Collins
1: lost his guarantees when he got suspended last year. Uh, You know, man, the problem for the Cowboys would be because Dak has it in there, then that doesn't mean everybody has it. That means you don't have to put it in there. Right. And for a guy who's been suspended multiple times and who has problems with, uh, with weed, uh, maybe he didn't want it in there. But, um, you know, man, it's, uh, if it's standard language and it was in there and they didn't change it at the last minute, then number one, I would say that is uh, Randy Gregory being flaky. And number two, I would say, I tried to tell y'all multiple times, those of you who, who, who kept this point about this hometown discount and loyalty to yeah, the foul that's not happening. Because they stood behind him, and he'll <laughs> feel an, an urged if all things equal stay in Dallas. And the bottom line is, man, the answer is nah, bro. It's always about business. And at the end of the day, Randy Gregory decided that from a business perspective, he didn't like the language in there. And so he said, "I don't like this language." And so I don't really care what y'all have done or didn't do. I'm going somewhere else, and that's the way it is, man. It's business. It's business for the franchise. It's business for the player. Don't ever think it's not. And on the rare occasion that it is, because it is sometimes, understand that that is an outlier, an exception, and not
0: the rule. I. This is such a weird situation. And I'll be curious to see what Todd Archer has to say about it, because originally when you read this, I'm sitting there going, typical Cowboys, you've agreed to terms and you go, oh, hold on a second. Let's try to sneak this in here and see if we can get it the way that we want so we can win the deal. Because that's how it read to me originally. And in that case, I was pissed at the Cowboys. Well, now if this is the way that it is, you know, and I I can see Randy Gregory saying, well, wait a second, Dak doesn't have to do this. I don't want to have to do it either. Yeah, you're not Dak. And, and no. it, 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 so in that situation, like you just brought up, if, if it's true, and I have no reason, I mean, Chill's putting this out there for a reason. I, w- I would imagine he's dead on with this. If that's what happened, then how the hell did Randy Gregory agree to terms to the point where the Cowboys tweeted it out and put it on their social media that he's coming back and then randomly decide, oh, wait, never mind. I've decided I don't want this in there.
1: Um, That's interesting because let, let's keep it real, man. There's very few players we are reading the language of the contract. Your agent handles your contract, agent is Peter Schaefer, who does reside in Denver, I might add. The agent reads the contract and says, here are the numbers. That's all the player really cares about. And he might say, oh, here's some language, you get a roster bonus here, this is that, this is that. Um, So I don't know if it's Randy Gregory who objected to it, I don't know if it's Peter Schaefer who objected to it, but clearly somebody objected to it and said, It's not like this everywhere in the league, and so it don't have to be that way here. And all it requires, really, if we're being honest, all it requires is for Randy or his agent to say, yo, dog, we don't want that language in there. Dak doesn't have it, so clearly it's not like everybody has it. And uh, it would certainly be the Cowboys' right to say, you're not Dak. And it would certainly be Gregory's right to say, you know what? I'm not Dak, but there's also some teams where they don't, I don't have to have that language in there. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. I'll holler at you. Uh, But for the Cowboys, it's an opportunity lost. They had a chance to get back a guy that they liked, that they groomed, that they uh, helped develop into a really good player.
0: And uh, now they're going to lose it. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate the way that this has played out, and it's really odd. I think there's a lot of frustration with the whole thing here. I, who knows why this happened, but Randy Gregory is going to Denver and he's done now, by the way, with Randy Gregory, it's interesting. Was that, did 14 a year seem high to you? Cause I figured, I think we had talked about this and I think we had put him like around 12. So it wasn't like, I didn't feel like they overpaid, but I was just surprised that if it was going to be 14 a year, that that was the number.
1: Um. Again. And I, I wrote this earlier or last week, I think, You know, at a certain point, you don't have any leverage with him because he is a free agent and other people get involved. And when other people get involved, they can raise the price regardless of what you think you should get him for. The price gets raised because other people are involved. That's why you prefer not to have people reach free agency. You try to get deals done before it happens. Uh, So I'm not sure. I didn't think the number was outlandish. Again, you're still betting on his potential. We're talking. I mean, he's really good. I think he's really good. He showed a lot of potential, Uh, but we're still talking about a cat. With a career high of six sacks in year seven. I mean, that's the reality. You love his potential. You love his potential. And he did make a bunch of big plays last year, whether it's pressures, interceptions, sacks at game-winning times. But the, the bottom line is he still got six sacks at the end of the year.
0: Yeah. And and like with all that, and I get it And all the suspension stuff was because of weed, which they don't even care about anymore. And that's great. And that's fine. But he was injured last year. He had COVID last year. He missed a lot of time last year because of that. You know, and I I look at this and I just kind of like I wasn't pissed when I saw the number that another team is giving him that because he turns 30 in November. And again, we've never seen Randy Gregory essentially full season Randy Gregory. Is that a possibility? Is his body made for that? I don't even know. And the fact that when Demarcus Lawrence redid his contract, Tank now is at 13.3 a year on average. The fact that Randy Gregory was going to come in at 14, I was just. I, I don't know. I thought, man, okay, well, I guess if that's what it takes to get done, but that seems on, a little on the high side, which why I wasn't totally just like, oh, man, that sucks, because as you just pointed out, six sacks is his career high, he played 12 games last year, 10 games in 2020, 14 games in 2018, 2 in 16, 12, and 15, along with the years that he's missed and whatnot, but he's never even gotten close to playing a full season.
1: Nope. And so, you know, that's kind of where we're at, man. And so it's a uh, I mean, I think it's a, uh, I, don't know, I feel a little conflicted because you love his potential, man. and He's a good dude. Like Randy Gregory, I think, is a good guy. Uh, I don't think weed's the end of the world. Clearly, he's got a lot of anxiety and stuff like that. And he was using weed to cope with it. Um, but uh, he's a good guy. His teammates like him. I think he's a loss. And the bigger question now is, Doug, you got to replace him. <laughs> you got to replace that pressure. Um, and where's it coming from? Who's getting that opportunity? Is it in a draft? Is it in free agency?
0: What do you do? And as you might imagine, Chill just put this on Twitter. The Cowboys' front office is not happy about how everything went down or was portrayed with the Randy Gregory switch to Denver. I believe it. That's probably why somebody reached out to Chill and said, actually, this is the reality of it. All this stuff is in everybody's contract. Like, this is bullshit what somebody else is out there trying to paint the picture of. Who knows? The other thing with this is DeMarcus Ware, oddly enough, the last cowboy of prominence that went from Dallas to Denver. But DeMarcus Ware took to social media and lit a firestorm saying that he has talked to Von Miller... (laughs) And alluding to this idea that maybe Von Miller, there's some interest in Von Miller and coming to Dallas, and perhaps the Cowboys are interested in Von Miller, which would be interesting. Maybe that's where you go instead of Randy Gregory. Again, Von Miller would cost you a chunk of change. Von Miller, you know Von Miller, the guy who turns 33 years old in a week. Do we want a 33-year-old, $10, $12 million Von Miller? Well, you know, he is a DeSoto Eagle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll take him. we'll take him huh
1: uh no let me keep it real man you know i'm not a fan and neither in general are the cowboys of signing uh free agent players who are in their 30s yeah Uh, you don't pay age to players even if they are hometown heroes now clearly if you could get him at a discount you know fine okay we'll we'll rock with that you want to come home, you want mama to be able to cook your home, cook breakfast or dinner after every game for the first time in your career. We can rock with that, man. Lots of nice houses in DeSoto, fit for for a man sure. of uh, Vaughn's pocketbook. But only if we get the discount, man. And you're not paying regular price for a 33-year-old linebacker because they're not one player
0: away. Um, See, you know, if they were, maybe so. And, and with Vaughn Miller, and this is just me, pure speculation here, I wonder... Coming off of – he just won his second ring. He obviously won one in Denver. He gets traded to L.A. He wins one with the Rams. I wonder if there would be some interest of – I I grew up in DeSoto. I went to a and M. I Maybe he, if he's saying I grew up a Cowboys fan, hell, I'll go finish my career and play a season in Dallas just because I always wanted to wear the star and I've pretty much done anything else I wanted to do in my career.
1: Now, that's a real possibility to me. I mean, I think in a scenario like that, that could happen because – my suspicion is DeMarcus and, and Von did whatever they do, hung out wherever they hung yeah. out, did whatever they did. The conversation came up and DeMarcus was like, oh, shoot, doc. You want me to put that out there? Uh, Yeah, bro, if you want to. I'm not, but yeah, if you want to put it out there, yeah, go
0: ahead. I can see that. I mean, we're still talking about a guy who in his age 32 year last year, and granted split between Denver and the Rams, had nine and a half sacks.
1: Well, he can still rush the passer. now. He ain't going to be that great against the run. He's not going to give you a lot of other stuff. But if you ask him, hey, come rush the passer, yeah, he can still do that. So, you know, that's what I say. You got to have a right spot for him. I trust a guy like Dan Quinn to be able to find a good spot for him and uh, put him in a position to make plays. But, yeah, if he wants to be here and the price is right, then, yeah, let's ride with it, dog.
0: Man, this Randy Gregory situation, as we go back to this just real quick, I mean, in who the hell knows, Jane Slater just tweeted out, because David Moore just tweeted something out, basically saying the same thing that Chill tweeted out. James are talking to the same people. Yeah, well, Jane Slater just tweeted out, it's her understanding that the Cowboys were open to massaging the language in the contract and working it out. So Randy Gre- it almost feels like Randy Gregory was just pulling them along, and he didn't want to be here to begin with, found another team that was willing to match the offer and bolted as soon as he got it.
1: I mean, you could say that. I think the question would be why like you didn't have to do that it's free agency you don't have to you don't have to agree to terms with somebody you, you don't want to now now you know I mean there's you never know man there could have been um let's let's treat this like a recruiting story uh hey Matt I'm the Oklahoma coach Matt you know your dad was a great player here man you know there's so much history here you really want to go to Texas but we're playing the dad card. Hey, man, your parents met here. You are a Sooner, Matt. You were born to be a Sooner, man. Boom! look at this kid. Picture your dad's got a U you and him wearing OU jerseys, man, when you're just a kid. And you just don't know how to tell me no. Coach, uh, OK, I'll commit. I'll commit. And then on the night before, man, you can't toss it and turn. And you wake up, your dad says, Matt, I'm so glad you're a Sooner. Mom says, oh, Matthew, I'm so glad you're going to be a Sooner. And you just like. I don't want to play, man. I want to go to Texas. I'm going to tell these people. And then you just decide on signing day, man. Happens. Uh, yep. I'm yeah. just, I can't do it. I'm signing with Texas. And they go, Matt McLaren flips at the 23rd hour. Going to yeah. be a Longhorn. And everybody reporters call. call. I don't know. We thought he was going to OU. And it, maybe it was Jerry and Steven put the hard sell on him. Oh, the stuff we've done for you, Randy. Blah, 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 blah. And he just couldn't tell them no, cause you know, there are people yeah. okay. who, ju- who just, you know, they just can't have that tough conversation. But he told his agent, man, I really wanna play in Denver, man, but I just, I just don't know how to tell the Joneses no. Oh, I'm your agent, Randy. That's, that's my job is to tell them no. You wanna play in Denver? Fine, let's go to Denver. Cause I work for you, I don't work for the Joneses. So it could have been that kind of scenario where he, was, he couldn't tell, you know, Jared's the ultimate salesman, he couldn't tell him no. And so he, he had Peter Schaefer tell him no, why he went where he really wanted to go, where weed is legal.
0: Yes, you're exactly right. <laughs> I mean, he, hey, you know what? There's I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of truth to that, honestly. I mean, we, we joke about it, but he's obvious he enjoys it, and maybe he just wanted to get out of Dallas and try something new and start fresh. Who knows?
1: It could have been. It could have been.
0: But he's um, done in Dallas. You just
1: never know. And, and, and like I said, his, his agent is in Denver, so he'll have a support system there um anybody he he wants in Dallas he got enough money now he can entice those people to move during the season or whatever but uh, you know it's a tough loss because you know the Cowboys had a vision for him the Cowboys yeah. clearly wanted him back they had built a lot of their offseason around him coming back but let me tell y'all something I've done this for a long time I've done this since 1995 longer than some of y'all listening been alive so I've done it for a long time when you let guys get the free agency There's literally no guarantee what they're going to do. And once you let them get a taste, just a taste of free agency, my brother, there's zero guarantee, no matter what they say or what they've told you, that you can get them back because
0: other people get involved. It's kind of how I feel about that Smokey John's barbecue sauce. (laughs) Like once you get a taste of it, like that's it. You just, you can't have barbecue sauce again because you just always want it to be that. So I understand. Now I understand what it means. See, 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 see. That's see. like when I take oh. sips out of the bottle and I and I dip all my stuff in Smokey John's barbecue sauce. It makes sense. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you guys. I can't do anything else. See,
1: I think Matt is playing. Matt is serious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am serious, man. Smokey John's no, is man, the best. Smokey John.
1: Dude, I was over there the other day, uh, talking to Wine and Brent about a couple things. It was a little early for me and I had another appointment, but it was they were getting things fired up and I was like, man, it smells good. And uh, I'm probably uh, if I'm in town, I'm going uh, to meet you over there before you leave, whether it's before your flight takes off or, you know, some point while you're here. Yeah, that'll and, probably be when it
0: is just to,
1: just to get a little sample. I'll convince uh, but, the, the family
0: know. to get on over there and we'll all get the jam session bowl. Yeah.
1: Now, here we are. We forgot this. was This was a spot for for Smokey John's and jam Session, but they're like family, man, because the food <laughs> is so good. They treat us like family. Brent wine, who owned it, are great dude's. Uh, The food is fantastic. The jam session bowl is one of a kind. Uh, It's enough for two. And not only is it enough for two, it's enough for two with a chance to go back and have leftovers later.
0: Man, I mean, it's the it really is. And and I was serious about the barbecue sauce. I love it. And even if you don't live in the Dallas area, you can get it because you go to SmokeyJohns.com, you click on Smokey's Market, and you can order the sauce, you can order the rub, and they'll ship it to you, I mean, literally wherever you're listening. They will ship you. A little taste of Texas barbecue, and it's awesome. It's really good. I put it on stuff that's not even barbecue. I'll put it (laughs) on my turkey sandwiches and whatnot. I dip stuff in That's how good it it is. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I really do. I mean, I, I legit think Smokey John's barbecue sauce is awesome, and I think you will as well. So check them out. Smokey John's right there off of Mockingbird in Dallas. Smokey John's Barbecue. All right, we got to get into this trip around the block. But before we do this, we also need to tell you about Freeway Tire Shop. We've been telling you about them for forever. And the reason why is because Jacques goes there like every day because he trusts JR. He's got all those cars. They need work. Sometimes it's simple. Sometimes it's not. But when you can trust a mechanic and they stand behind their work and they have the level of customer service that Freeway Tire Shop does, that's the type of shop that you go to for the rest of your life. I mean, you'll you'll just take like every car you ever own. You'll just always go to Jr.
1: Nah, man, it's uh, Jr. learned customer service at at uh, Home Depot when he was in management program over there. He brought it to his own business. Uh, I love him because he's a young guy with a dream. He's making it happen, and uh, his customer service is stellar. You know, I, I've told y'all before, and I'll tell you again. You know, I take all my cars there, six of them to be exact. Yeah, don't judge me because you can trust him to number one just diagnose what's wrong with your car man you can trust him use quality parts to fix the problem i trust him to give me a fair freaking price bro just you know a fair price and then i trust him to stand behind his work if you can find a mechanic who can do those four things as good as uh jr then go to that person but until you do Trust me, JR is the best.
0: He is indeed. It's easy too, man. You can do it all online. You can schedule your appointment. You can request your quote. Go experience elite, elite level customer service and a mechanic you can trust at Freeway Tire Shop. I wanted to bring this up because it is about to happen. Some of you are going to love this. I'm going to love this.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our long
0: national nightmare is almost over. The United States Senate has passed the sunshine protection act to make daylight savings time permanent that means if it passes through the house jjt
1: media group is awesome
0: i agree it is awesome (laughs) if it passes through the house it will go to president biden's desk he is expected if that were to happen to sign it and that would make Daylight saving time permanent. The time that we are currently on would be year round. No more falling back, springing forward. No more changing clocks. You know, bro. Let me let me just say this: it's the little
1: things in life. It really is that that is so tremendous. It's the little thing. This is not a big thing, but oh, it would mean so much to so many people. Can we just get this daylight all the time, where it's light when it's seven o'clock? Yeah. Seven thirty. Yeah. I I, I, I hope so. Can I tell you, that just puts me in a good mood. (laughs) Yes, I would think so. I mean, this is... Uh, No, 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 no. I'm I'm being serious, man. You get depressed, or I do anyway. Let me just speak for me. When it's 5 o'clock and it's pitch black during the wintertime. And you're just like, really? This sucks. It does suck.
0: And I like the fact that it stays light longer. Now, I will say, and somebody on Twitter sent this and said... If it is a problem, the solution should be standard time because who thinks 8 a.m. pitch dark is an improvement? Because in the winter, you know, the, the fact that we would not fall back means that, yes, it would be darker longer in the morning. And, and, you know, there's been some some fight back a little bit that this could be a bothersome thing for kids going to school and whatnot. But I don't know that it's pitch dark at 8 o'clock in the morning. I, I think that's an exaggeration. That's gotta be an exaggeration, I would think, right?
1: Yeah, maybe seven o'clock, okay, but not eight o'clock. So I don't think so. And you're you're not going yeah, you know, whatever time is better than, than when it falls back. So I'll take what I can get, but uh yeah, if we're gonna get rid of this and make it standard, I'm for it. Now, you know, I'm in the birth charts now and a friend of mine sent me a text that said, This is interesting because theoretically they'll change all the birth times for people born in the future because the time that they were really born won't be the time that they were really born. And I said, I'm going to have to smoke a blunt and think about that. (laughs) Okay. Because it was too deep for me to, 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 to fully comprehend in a text message that I was trying to uh, read quickly while not being distracted. So yeah.
0: Yeah. I can understand that. And I was curious, so I just looked this up. This year, for instance, December 22nd, I mean, December 2022, if we go to the latest sunrise, like the sun rises towards the end of the year on like December 29th at 7.28 a.m. So if that's the time the sun rises, that's the time the sun rises. I mean, wouldn't the sun rise at 7.28 a.m. whether you fall back or fall, like if you fall back, trying to think I, I like would yeah I mean the time would just be the time that the sun rises so that that's when the sun would come up so you'd have light around 7 30 would it be darker longer yeah of course it would be
1: yeah but you're not going to get me to bitch about it people you know you know there you know there's some people who find fault with everything and I ain't mad at those people man because that's just how they're built but you know the we've all heard about the people who cry about the taxes they got to pay on a million dollars that they want I'm not that dude, man. So I'm going to rejoice in it and love it.
0: I like it. I mean, I'm a fan of this. I don't mind that it's darker in the mornings. That doesn't bother me. I, I like it to be lighter. This is the way. Stop changing the damn clocks. I'm glad the Senate finally figured this out, that most of us are tired of this crap. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, because I thought this was really interesting, is one of the articles that you sent. And that was the article about the woman's killer who has been found. Bro. This is wild because this was a cold case from the 1980s. It was a 1984 strangling death of a 21-year-old aspiring model in the DFW area. She was killed sometime around February 11th of 1984, she worked as a floor at a florist's and a restaurant and was last seen taking a bus to Trinity Medical Clinic on what was then known as Industrial Boulevard. The center turned out to be closed and she was found 2 days later strangled with her own leg warmers behind a warehouse in the 2300 block of Irving Boulevard in the Stimmons Corridor. Police found a workout bag and, and some other things, and it was obvious her pants had been cut off and that she had, a, she had a bite mark and bruises and just bad stuff happened to her. They never found her killer until 2009. The family asked the Dallas police to reopen the case 25 years after the fact. DNA from the sex assault kit, which obviously back in the 80s, they didn't have the capabilities for this type of stuff. It had never been tested. It was analyzed and entered into the system but the swab came back as unknown male DNA profile. Then in 2017, the family reached out again. The case reopened again by the Dallas PD using new DNA testing techniques, kind of like how they identified the Golden State Killer, that dude who was like some old ass guy who had killed a ton of people. How about exactly. this? Two years later in 2019, police uploaded a sample into a genetic genealogy database and last month, A genetic family tree was created that pointed to this dude as a possible suspect. The FBI came in. They started surveying this guy's home in West Dallas. And then on February 15th, on my birthday, I'm celebrating my birthday, an FBI special agent and a Dallas PD detective grabbed trash from his home. They took two water bottles and a soda bottle to the lab to undergo testing. Three days later, the DNA came up as a match that this dude's DNA was at the crime scene and they have arrested him some, what was that, 1984? So almost 40 years later, this dude is going to jail.
1: Hey, I graduated in 85, so that's all you need to know about how long ago it was. 38 uh,
0: years, man. This guy is now 60 years old. His name is Edward Morgan, who was arrested about a month ago.
1: Um, I mean, that's, that's great for the family, man. I'm glad he got locked up. I'm glad they caught him. I wonder what his life has been like, whether whether he became a law abiding citizen who's trying to do right uh, or whether, you know, he's committed other crimes all along the way or, you know, what what the hell happened? What's he been doing?
0: I see. I kind of wonder if at some point, like when he first committed this crime, he had to be freaking out. He obviously, I mean, he still lives in Dallas. He lives around the air. At some point, he had to have just been like, oh, I'm never getting caught. Cool. I got away with it. How long do you think it would have to go before you stop looking over your shoulder constantly and you truly believe you have gotten away with this?
1: I don't think you ever stop. I think you, you don't, I think it's like, uh, I don't know if this sounds right, but I think it's like the death of a loved one like like your parents or something it's not that you think about their death every day yeah but like I my mom's been gone 24 years i probably think about my mom in some way shape or fashion three four times a week and for 15 or 20 years it's probably six or seven times five or six times a week you know what i mean so was he thinking about it every day no but you know when you do something like that um it's so traumatic even if you got away from it you know he's probably dreamed about it. he's probably had dreams where he got caught he probably yeah. saw things that reminded him of her or of the scene or whatever mm-hmm. and so i bet it hadn't been far from his mind man and if this is really all you have to know think about the best moments in your life you know maybe it was the day you lost your virginity maybe it was the day your team won maybe it was the day you got married maybe it was the birth of your child it's amazing how you can remember every moment of those days um, or quite a bit of those days. And so I would imagine you kill somebody. I don't care if it's been 38 years. You can probably yeah. tell you blow for blow what happened that day.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's wild to think. I mean, 38 years goes by. Now, his DNA, now again, when they ran it through a few years ago, it came back with it with an unknown male subject. So it makes me think maybe he did create commit another crime or something because they had his DNA in the system from somewhere. Because otherwise right, right. it would have just, I mean, it'd been like, oh, well, it's who knows who this is. Or maybe it's okay. We can say this is a, a male DNA. We can tell you this about them, but we don't have it in our system. And that's why it's unmatched. I don't know exactly that's, how it works like that. That's
1: wild, But you'll be hearing about more of those over the years because, you know, if they keep the samples, uh, you know, to a point yeah. where they can be tested, the technology eventually catches up to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, now, because of the technology that we have, it's things like this where, you know, they can do it so easily. And and DNA, man, DNA is one of those things that you never think about. Like, that's how they caught the BTK killer, the bind torture killer who was arrested, was a guy who had killed over the course of years, ended up going quiet for a long time. And BTK who was arrested in wichita and park city kansas areas where he's doing this he is suspected of killing 10 people over the course of 27 years and he was caught because one of his original crimes he pleasured himself at the scene and it got on the leg of one of the victims And years later, his daughter, now like they go to the crime scene and they've got his DNA in the system. They don't have a match for it because he's never been arrested. Nothing ever happened. They have no way of knowing who it is. But years later, his daughter in college went for her annual pap smear and it, it triggered a flag because of that. And they were able to use that to do like, okay, this dude is a the DNA in this girl is her dad is this guy, basically. So what is he about? Let's monitor him. And, and that's essentially how they were able to bring that guy down. Dude,
1: that DNA is something terrible. It is. I mean, something, something good, but something yeah. terrible for the bad guys is what I meant. Um, and, you know, the thing about it is, man, you know, you got all these people now sending in these home DNA tests and all this stuff. Yeah. And all you're doing is putting your, putting your DNA out there for anybody to then go – go take a look at it and and see what's what's in your history good bad or
0: otherwise yeah man i mean that's the thing is that people don't think about that i think about that every time is i wonder if we're ever going to have somebody who's dumb enough who ends up sending it or like a serial killer who maybe it's not even that they've done it but it's one of those things where for instance you're because we always see this not always but a lot of serial killers you know, like BTK, he was a deacon in his church. He was a family guy, had a loving wife and two kids, this whole thing. But I wonder if we're going to start seeing at some point these serial killers who get busted because their wife or their kid or whatever is like, oh, I want to know my family history and just takes their DNA and sends it in. And they don't even oh. know. Dude, I bet it's already happened so many times we don't even know about. I mean, it is wild, man. It It's this type of thing, when they bust cases like this, it's always fascinating to me. And I'm glad. I mean, it's, it's fantastic for the family because, you know, they've been waiting for 38 years for an answer, for some justice, for whatever you want to call it. And it's nice that they're finally able to get some of that. And this dude, he's, on, he's in the Dallas County Jail under $1 million bond. Mm. Don't think he's paying that. Nah, bruh. Nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. And then the other thing you sent me was this new thing that's coming to the Dallas area at the shops at Park Lane, the two-bit circus, which kind (laughs) of looks like a amusement park circus thing indoors for adults, where it'll have like tricked out escape rooms. In one of the pictures, it shows like you can go into a room and you're basically doing, you know, the game operation, you know, the tiny little board game. You're doing that, but life-size.
1: <laughs> that just it just seemed cool to me, bro.
0: It did seem cool. Did you uh, did you read the whole article? No, i just read pieces of it. Yeah, because I thought, man, I started reading that as like this sounds badass. Oh no, it sounds like something I want to do. It's a it's a 35,000 square foot location that's going to open at the Shops at Park Lane and it'll add an entertainment dimension they say to the shopping center anchored by the outlets from Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom and Sachs and it's it's not too far away from Dave and Buster's location right no. there that's off of 75 and next door to the corporate headquarters of Topgolf and this is done by the dude who is starting this his dad is the guy who invented Atari <laughs> How wild is that? I know. I was reading this just like, holy crap, what a family. His father, so this guy who is starting this, his father is the guy who who invented and started Chuck E. Cheese and is the co-founder of Atari. (laughs) I mean, dude, does that make you a beast? You start
1: Chuck E. Cheese and the co-founder of Atari?
0: Did they have stuff like that when you were a kid? What? Like Showbiz Pizza or Chuck E. Cheese or whatever? Because Showbiz Pizza... See, I I don't know because it was, it started in 1980. And when I was a kid, you know, showbiz pizza was huge and they were all around the place. And then eventually at some point, Chuck E. Cheese bought them out and they disappeared. But I mean, I had like a birthday party when I was a little kid at showbiz pizza and they were only around for like 12 years before Chuck E. Cheese bought them out. But showbiz pizza was where it was at, man. Maybe I went to showbiz. I remember it seemed
1: like Sherry Steele had a birthday party sometime between the fourth grade and the sixth grade at some place like that in irving off a of beltline. that's a very specific memory for me not to remember interesting
0: place. was it i'm trying to remember
1: it was across it was on the opposite side of irving mall okay but uh but uh, i can't remember I
0: i'm remember trying lot, to remember enough yeah, because I was trying to think where Penny Whistle Park was. Did you ever go there? Because that opened in the, in the late 1960s.
1: No, that doesn't sound like anything.
0: Okay. And, and Penny Whistle Park, which I think has been closed for years. But I remember as a little, little kid going to Pennywhistle Park, but that was over there off of Northwest Highway somewhere. Because I was trying to remember where that was. And I mean, Penny Whistle Park, I, I was trying to see when did that place shut down? Because that, had, that hadn't existed in 30 years, I bet.
1: No, I don't even remember ever hearing about a Penny Whistle Park. Really? That might have been some things white folks did. <laughs> folks did <that. laughs> maybe it was. <laughs> it does sound kind of weird, though. I'm just saying. And, and that's that's not a, that's just the way, you know, black folks and white folks live different lives. And we do things that, that uh, white folks don't do. And, and white folks do things that we don't do in general.
0: See, I was trying to think. Maybe you were thinking of Sandy Lake Amusement Park. Cause that no. that was over there. Not that had to be close to Beltline. Like when it when Beltline That's like goes in up.
1: Carrollton, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: no, I don't remember that. But I, have, no, no, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I mean, it easily could have been because like Chuck E. Cheese was founded in Irving, so I I wonder right. if like the original Chuck E. Cheese was there. Could have been, but I would have remembered that rat. So
1: I don't know. Because Chuck E. You Cheese, you know what, man? I still Sherry's There was a group of us of about. Uh, uh, I don't know. There's a group of about 10 of us who managed. We went to Manor Jackson Elementary School and they started a talented and gifted program. And we were like the first kids in it um, in the fifth grade. So we went, we we're in the same class in the fifth and sixth grade. And there's a group of us, there's about eight to 10 of us who all kind of went to the same middle school, Oliver Wendell Holmes Academy. Yeah. And then we went to Skyline together. Even though we then kind of broke up and went to our own separate cliques, but we still stay tight. We're still on Facebook and such. And the point of that is, I may just send Sherry Steele. I don't think I have her phone number, but I I know we're Facebook friends because she just popped up on the other day. I may send her and say, did you have a birthday party at some pizza place in the fifth or sixth grade? And she she would remember it because it was her birthday. Then, of course, she could say, nope, wasn't me. Uh, but something happened to me interesting I, I, want, I want to ask you about.
0: Okay, what is it?
1: Okay, let me rephrase that. It's not so interesting. It's something that doesn't happen a lot anymore. And I got all excited for a moment. And I said, I wonder if, if Matt has this thing. Oh, my God. What is it? I went and, ch- I went and checked the mail yesterday. <laughs> and there was a magazine in it, man.
0: <laughs> Do
1: you still get magazines?
0: No, like, I, I don't. I, I don't think I do because I finally, not like this is the first year that I I canceled my subscription to Sports Illustrated.
1: All right, and so, dude, and the magazine is. Can you have? Can you guess? It's a non-sports magazine. Oh, Playboy. No, nah, but that'd be a quality guess. They I'd have good articles. They have good I articles. I was gonna say I'd read it for the articles, because yeah. if you've if you ever seen porn, I'm not saying that you had, but yeah, if you've I ever mean, seen porn, then Playboy honest. doesn't do a whole lot for I you.
0: I would agree. I completely agree with you. I uh let's see, Time. That's another quality guess. I'll give you one more. Okay. Uh man, what what are other magazines? <laughs> <laughs> this was at, at a point,
1: this was truly one of my favorite magazines. And then I stopped getting a subscription for some reason. Maybe I just didn't want to pay Life? For it. No, but that's not a good guess. Esquire. Esquire, okay. But Esquire has, the, has some of the best articles in it, Matt. It's got a lot of manly man
0: stuff. Yeah, Esquire's uh, a, you know, there, there's a few of them that are out there.
1: It's got sophisticated man stuff in there. Magazines. Like, it'll have good gadgets. Not every magazine has good gadgets, but it'll have real good stuff in there. It's got a lot of style. You know I like style. Um, but uh, there's a guy in there who used to write for him quite a bit a guy named Chris Jones Who he, he's such and he's on Twitter but he's the kind of dude who's such a good writer that sometimes you're like I Should probably just get out of the business <laughs> Because he's so much better than I could ever be uh, And then you go well, I do stuff on Deadline he can never do so screw him But uh, he used to write a lot for him So I used to get it in part because he was such a fantastic writer uh, but I, now I get it because I started again because it just has some really good articles in there. And it seems like every time I read it, I seem to learn a little something.
0: Yeah, that's now I'm thinking about these magazines because <laughs> you're right. I mean, Sports Illustrated was literally the last magazine that I had a subscription to. And it used to be I got a subscription. when I was in high school in 1994 and I stopped all the way through 2021. But it got to a point where. You know, that used to be they would do once a week and then they went to once every two weeks and now they do it once a month and it's really feature articles now more than like what happened. And just with the way that everything and information is presented now, I can get all that stuff online and I didn't see the point. Like I don't even get books anymore. Like I do everything on my Kindle through the Kindle store on my iPad. All the books I read are, are done that way. And I just, right. I'm like, man, I can cut out so much clutter. I can cut out so much of just like, I'm getting a magazine. I'm going to read it. They're laying around the house or all the books that I read. I mean, I, who knows? And so I just started going that way to cut down on stuff. But yeah, I think like at one point I had, you know, like men's health. I subscribed to Maxim at one point when I was like 20 something years old, always sports illustrated trying to think. I mean, I, I've had several magazine subscriptions throughout the years of just a bunch of different stuff
1: all right I got you no I used to have a bunch and then I just like you of slowly whittled them away because it all becomes cost effective is it worth the money is it worth the money uh and so I just decided at some point that none of them were worth the money (laughs) yeah Uh, but but I like Esquire so I decided to give them another chance I probably hadn't had Esquire in probably five six seven years I'm sure they gave me some kind of 12 for 12 offer and
0: I was like okay I'll give you a shot You know, what's funny is I I, I will say I did at one point in my life, I did have a subscription to Playboy and I did literally because I enjoyed the articles because there was a point where they had some, like they would do investigative stuff and they would have really an in-depth cool interviews. And I was dating somebody at the time who didn't believe me. And so anytime that it came, because it came like in a plastic wrapper and all this, I would, I would give it to her. She would tear out all the pictures of the naked women and give it back to me. And I didn't care. (laughs) Because I was like, I told her, I was like, no, I like, I just want to read the articles because the magazine itself was actually a really good magazine. True that, true that, true that. And I didn't care. Like I tried to tell her, I was like, I mean, it's pictures. Like it's, it's not going to, I don't even know these people. She's like, well, if you really think that, then give me the magazine and we'll see. I was like, okay, totally cool. Dude. Whatever works for you, man. But yeah, magazines, I guess they've gone the way of the. Dinosaur. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, I was just, I I had forgot that I had subscribed to it. So when it showed up in the mailbox, I was like, oh,
1: look at here, look at here, a real live magazine.
0: Yeah. And you know what, honestly, like Twitter is a magazine for me now because I'm on Twitter and all these different articles are, you know, and I follow uh, like a variety of accounts. I follow a couple of news accounts. I follow a ton of sports accounts. Obviously I follow a couple of other like random accounts and they'll tweet out articles. And then it, it, it all, it's almost like, okay, I'll read that article. And that it, it's oh, like, yeah. Twitter's become like the global magazine of whatever you want, but you're getting the info right now.
1: Oh yeah. I, I'm like you, man. I, I, I bookmark a lot of stuff and, uh, when I have a long time in the restroom, I
0: read it. Man, that, that's that's very, very interesting. The magazine. That's one of those, <laughs> I mean, literally, it's going to be like VCRs and, and DVDs and stuff where, you know, the next generation will come along and they'll pick something up and go, hey, what is this? Dude, my, my dude might even say that right now. Like, what
1: is this? <laughs> you know, and, oh. and I, it's wild, man. Uh, I'm shifting topics right quick because okay. there's, an, there's another right. there's another Randy Gregory nugget that just popped up. Yes, you see it? are
0: you talking about Charles Robinson?
1: Yeah, well, you uh, yeah, the, according to uh, and and I like the way Charles did this. Ed Werder put out a tweet. You know, you hear from Ed on our show during the weekends. Yes, I mean during the during uh, Wednesdays. I don't know how weekends became Wednesday. Yeah, I'm whatever. Thinking. Anyway, he was talking about the language in. Um, in the contract that Gregory didn't sign and how they now have interest in Vine Miller. But anyway, Charles Robinson goes, a note adding to Ed's tweet. I'm told the Cowboys were made aware that Randy Gregory had other offers on the table that didn't have some of this guaranteed forfeiture language in the deals. He wanted that matched. This was just one more frustrating thing, stalling a deal and ended it. And see, this is the problem, bro. Real talk. And it's very interesting to me. Like, if from what we know, Dak Prescott didn't need this language in his contract. You know what I mean? Right. Like no, nobody thinks Dak is out here wild and not to that point. But you put it in there, and once you put it in there, you can no longer say, "Well, everybody's got it." And Matt and Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones can say, "Well, Randy, you're not, you're not fucking Dak Prescott, bro." And Randy could say, "You're right. I'm not Dak Prescott, but these other these other teams over here don't have it, so I, it don't matter whether I'm Dak Prescott or not." you don't have it's not a unanimous team wide thing and so I don't want it we all know why but I don't want it and you know man and so you know bottom line is I don't know why they gave it to Dak because clearly it doesn't seem like Dak needs it Uh, for Dak it's probably just one more piece of insurance in case something bizarre happens yeah Uh, but at the other end if you know other teams don't have it if you want the player then you either you either have to acquiesce or you can't act all shocked and butthurt if he decides, especially given his background, if he decides uh, I'm not I'm not finna do that I'm not finna go that route.
0: Right, because reality of it is, as Chill had said earlier, that it, it it's basically it's one of those things we saw and you I think brought it up about the that's what happened with Lyle Collins is that they don't take money back from a player who is fine, fined, but if you get suspended, then you automatically forfeit your guaranteed money, which really yeah. gives them power. If you do something like that, they have power. It makes it easier for them to get rid of you. If they so choose down the road, Randy Gregory apparently wanted some more security for what have you. And, and especially if I, I don't blame Randy, I, I really don't blame either side on this. No. I mean, cowboys like this is what we do. This is our standard contract. You're not Dak. This is what we expect. And Randy Gregory going, cool. Other teams don't want, don't need me to do that. So either take it out or I'm gone. And again, according to Jane Slater, maybe the Cowboys are trying to work on that. But then Randy Gregory might've just been like, you know what? Screw this. It's a headache. I'm out. I'm going to Denver. I don't have to deal with any of this. Uh, Very plausible. And in that case, I honestly do not blame either side. no. No. (laughs) I mean, I say. And, and again, to be fair, they did it for Dak Prescott because they, they need Dak Prescott. They don't need Randy Gregory. And I think it's different because you could look at it and say, "Why?" Well, you know, the Cowboys should have done this. They needed to have, I mean, Randy Gregory, uh, and we're about to talk to Todd Archer and we'll get into this with him at $14 million a year. To me, I'm sitting here going, look, man, we're paying you probably more than we thought we would. It's the contract everybody signs. Sign or, it or, or don't, whatever. And then Randy Gregory going, Well, fine, take it out or don't. And then they'd stare at each other and Gregory's like, I'm out. Cowboys like, well, whatever. It'd be interesting as uh,
1: as, you know, more time passes, meeting like more time a day or two. Uh just as more of Randy's story comes out. I would look for um you know, I th- I think more of his story will come out. Very soon. I imagine
0: that it very well will. Here he is, as promised, as always, brought to you by Blue Star Motor Group, bluestarmotorgroup.com, our ESPN Cowboys insider, Todd Archer. Todd, Jacques and I trying to figure out what the hell happened with Randy Gregory. What can you tell us how all of a sudden Randy Gregory double-birds the Cowboys and bolts for Denver? So this
2: is a deal when we see deals are agreed to terms and not signed. This is why they always have those things, and I don't even know if this was uh, fully agreed to terms, but clearly the Cowboys thought so because their website put out something, and clearly Gregory's agent Peter Schaefer thought so because he was crediting the Cowboys and Jerry Jones for being so understanding to Randy Gregory. Um, So then it comes down to you look at the language and maybe there and there's issues there right and it's the way it's been explained or the way that i understand it is not that the cowboys tried to pull a fast one and it they shifted something in their contract at the last second it was a standard clause that they have in their deal regarding fines and guaranteed money that was objected to um and that changed the whole premise now there are people in Denver that tell you that Randy, was, they thought Randy was going there all along. So it's a whole he said he said thing, and who do you want to believe, and how do you want to believe him? Um And asking around to other agents that have dealt with the Cowboys for years, I've asked, do the Cowboy, the Cowboys, a team that would at the last minute throw something into a deal, and to just to try and get their way on things. Two guys, they all said no. One guy, however, said there have been times when we've had to have conversations at something that I may have missed the first time around, but they've not been a team that has just thrown in surprises at the last second in their contract language. Does that explain it or what? I don't even know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's as good so, as anything but we've he heard.
2: He's he signed the same deal, basically, or I'm sorry, right. he's not signed anything because you can't sign wow. a deal until tomorrow he's agreed to basically the same deal that he got from the Cowboys. So, um, uh,
1: you know, I had a theory, man. I told him, I told Matt, I said, maybe it was a situation where, because we know how Jerry can be and maybe even Steven too, to an extent where he really did want to go to Denver for whatever reason. And he just couldn't tell the Joneses. No. And so even though he kind of agreed to terms at a later date, he tells his agent, yeah, man, you know, the money's the same. I really, just kind of want to be in Denver. I just couldn't tell those guys no. And Peter Schaefer goes, oh, I work for you. My job is to tell them no if that's really how it wants to go down. I'll do it for you. Don't worry about it.
2: I, I, I will not discount anything that you said. And I, I can't discount a, 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 until I see if this is a standard clause the Cowboys having their contracts and I'm trying to get um, my hands on a, a couple of deals just to see if it is. Um, then, yeah, I mean, I, I can't discount the other side, but again, and reaching out to other agents that have dealt extensively with the Cowboys for years, they've, I've told you what they said. So, but my understanding of how the Cowboys wanted this, to, the, the talks at the starter free agents here last week or two weeks ago at the Combine, I think $14 million was much higher than they wanted to go. Now we hear that Jerry got involved and he played talk to Randy, da-da-da-da-da, well, that tells you why that deal got so high when the Cowboys weren't initially prepared to go there. So I'm sure in Jerry's mind, he thought it was all done, and everything was good to go, and it's just go wait until Wednesday and sign it up. We'll have the nice press conference, and we can celebrate Randy Gregory's time at the Cowboys as to a dude who overcame a lot of his own demons, and it dealing with things and grown and matured, and now is on the player's council, and he's a player that you want to build around. and. All that kind of stuff. It would have been, you know, they would have had their photograph moment, and now they won't. And but if we take it to a football perspective, and Jock, I joked with you on a text message, like they didn't lose Lawrence Taylor. Like he's a good player.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, he did.
2: He's a good player, and and he probably means more to the Cowboys than than he might mean to other teams, Uh, but. He's never had more than six sacks. And I realize six, you know, if you go by sacks is the only way to judge a pass rusher, you're not in a situation that, – that's not the right way to go about it. Um, he, but, again, players get – they don't get paid for pressures. They get paid for sacks. And they should – Jeremy Mincy once had six sacks for the Cowboys. So they should be able to find somebody to replace that production. And, but I will also say there were 140 snaps last year where Randy Gregory – Marcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons were on the field together. The Cowboys allowed 4.4 yards per play, 4.9, 4.7—I don't have it in front of me—yards per pass attempt, and a 17.9 QBR. If those numbers translated for a full season, that all would have led the league. So that's the—that's what you miss from the. They're going to miss Randy Gregory, but I will say they'll be able to find somebody else that can maybe match that production at the same or, or cheaper cost. And now you'll we'll see if the Cowboys go ahead and do something that they've not done. And that's go outside the building and spend money on a player or two that may have been out of their price range in the years past.
0: Does that player or two perhaps mean Von Miller?
2: Oh, I wouldn't discount anything. Uh you know I it last week we did a free agent simulator and I picked Von Miller uh uh, I did a deal for the Cowboys, just playing dumb GM, and I said five years, ninety million. It's actually a two-year deal for thirty million. And Dan Graziano, who played the Cowboys GM role uh, or played the agent role in that one, said, "Yeah, I'm going to take that deal." So, what did Demarcus Lawrence do to come back to the Cowboys so he to, to not get cut? He essentially essentially took a two-year, thirty million dollar deal. That's fully guaranteed. So. You know, there are ways to get this done, but I think another guy to keep an eye on would also be uh, Zadarius Smith, who had just cut by Green Bay, who's only two months older than Randy, and has had, uh, you know, more production.
1: He also fits the Cowboys blueprint because he played one game last year because he was out for the year with an injury, which means you hope you can get him at a
0: discount price.
2: Yeah, I don't think any – but it's hard to get the discount price when a team already knows you offered a guy $14 million a year. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's, that's true. And plus, at least Smith can say, I've had a couple of seasons with 12-plus sacks, not like Randy Gregory. I, I did think that was interesting, though, because I thought that number on Gregory, when I saw that contract, I was like, man, that's higher than I thought he'd get, but whatever. And so I wasn't actually that bummed when he bolted for Denver. I thought maybe it frees you up for a guy who has had experience playing an entire season.
2: Yeah, and and again, maybe you get two guys yeah, for the for the price of one, yeah. which is what they basically did when they got Gallup and Schultz, if you want to look at it that way, for what they got for Amari Cooper. Uh, again, I am not. I, I don't mean to sound like I'm dismissing what Randy Gregory means. I hope I've presented his side of what he means to the football team in, in a proper context. But again, I don't think he's he's not to mark his wear. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: Right, yeah, of course. I, I, I mean, he, again, he's a good
2: quality player. That you can find good quality players, if at least you're supposed to.
1: Um, as we talk about some more about free agents and the Cowboys, I think Cedric Wilson ended up going to Miami three years, twenty-two million, four yeah. years, twenty-two million. What do you think about that? Yeah.
2: Well, that, yeah, that was the one that was expected coming out of the combine of what he was going to get. Uh, on the market is a little more than $7 million a year, and uh, that's why we, I think when we talked last week, or maybe, yeah, I think we talked last week, that he would be out of the Cowboys' price point uh, for what they would be willing to go, and Miami came in and offered him a, a really good deal, and I think he'll do well. Um, I think, again, you have to have limits on guys, and in the Cowboys' mind, they would rather have had Gallup at the number that they got him at, which was a really good one, and then they can go add. I th- I still think there's a way to add a, a a good veteran free agent and draft a guy, in the cu- first couple three rounds, um, with how the Cowboys use receivers, and we don't know when Gallup's coming back. That and this would still be an attractive spot for a free agent because of how much the Cowboys a throw the ball, and b use eleven personnel, and the opportunity you you can sell. Look what happened to Cedric Wilson here, and the contract that he got to a to a guy based on. And now you don't have Amari Cooper on either. So those numbers should should go up, right? I mean, that seems like a you can still sell a free agent on coming here.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I think the other thing is they've done a good dry, job of drafting overall, man. I mean, no dra- no no team has a perfect draft record. So, yeah, there have been some misses. But Cedric Wilson was a six-round pick. Yeah. Um, you know, hell, I just saw that uh, – who was the safety from La Tech? Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods. Yeah, he went years. to Minnesota,
0: and people forgot he existed.
1: Yeah, he just signed yeah. three years, 15 when, million with Jacksonville. And, he was and when he signed with pick. Jacksonville,
2: he's, he's, he's called a former cowboy, even though he was Minnesota
1: last year. Bruh, <laughs> he's rich. Did you see that too? I saw the yeah. same thing. I was like, really?
0: So, well, uh, okay. it's, it's always – like I mean, Connor Williams got $7 million a year to go to Miami.
2: And, yeah. Oh, he did? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two years, Good $14 million, seven and a half million guaranteed according to the numbers. Now, again, all of these numbers that we're all seeing now, let's wait until the deals are actually signed and filed with the NFLPA. Before, like the Gallup deal was presented as five years, 62 and a half. In some cases, you can make it with a five-year $52.5 million dollar deal. But if you want to call it five fifty-seven and a half, okay, fine. But in order for him to get that 57 and a half, he has to play every game for the next five years. Right. 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 Like, Cause there's a million dollars in right in yeah. per game roster bonuses each year. So, I mean, and then you look at what Christian Kirk got and you're like, probably <laughs> seem to do pretty good on this one, like, man. All,
1: yeah. And I would say that, I would say that Connor Williams deal shows us he was who we thought we were. Cause that's by NFL standards. That's just, I mean, that's cool, but that ain't, you're not anything special.
2: Well, it's 7 million a year. I mean, that's a, that's, that's
0: not chump change, but yeah, I mean, it's not right. a Cowboys two million dollar guy. I mean, you know, seven right, million. Right. I, I saw that and I had I mean, at, he, he, a raised eyebrow. I mean, he did I think some start- people
1: say, "Man,
2: he got more than I thought he was going to get." Yeah, now it was only yeah. a two year deal, but
0: I mean, that's,
2: right. that's that's that that's middle to high guard money. You know what I'm saying? I mean, for a guy who had 15 penalties, 12 of them accepted. So, and it, yeah. you know, the Cowboys could potentially get a. Compensatory pick with Cedric Wilson and him, and well now Randy leaving. So yeah, they'll, they'll if they don't add significant pieces or, or pay significant prices, then they're looking at a good comp pick. Although I hate that deal too because that's just okay. Great, you got an extra fourth round pick, but, so it gives you a chance to draft Matt Johnson. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've always kind of thought that was weird, too. Uh, the other thing the Cowboys did, which I thought, you know, I, I actually like this deal that they did was the Malik Hooker deal. Two years, $8 million for a guy who came in and kind of played a solid third safety role. And, and for $4 million a year, why not with Malik Hooker? Still, what, right. 25 and years old, I think?
2: Yeah, first round pick from the Colts. And when he has played, uh, he, he's been productive. He was productive last year. He, the injuries are always a thing, it seems, with him. He's coming off the Achilles. But, you think year two off the Achilles, he's going to be better? Um, Jock loves him because he's a Buckeye. Uh, And and to me, like when you saw him play, you're like, this dude just seems to have a natural understanding of the game and and knows where to go and can make the plays. He should be a starter uh, for for them this year. You know, him and Cedric Wilson, I guess. And then if J. Ron Curse is back, you you, you got your safeties, um, you know, in in a decent – to, to decent spot. So I, I yeah, I like the, the hooker deal and it's again the way he's explained all the guaranteed money's in year one and they can move on after this year without a, a penalty going forward. So, you know, everything the Cowboys do is pegged with filling holes, looking a couple of year looking everything as a couple year stretch. Like even the Gallup deal, if you want to call it two for twenty three, it will coincide with C D Lamb playing out his 5th year option. I think I'm right on that. Or play, yeah. Um, so that would allow them to do some things to m- move on and give them more room for C. D. Lamb, or you know what I'm saying. I mean, they like we we just look at the every deal in a vacuum, where the Cowboys look at their deals in two, three year chunks of where the roster is going to be. Amari Cooper, a perfect example. When they did it, five for one hundred and forty million guaranteed. What we knew was always designed as a two-year deal, right? I mean, and they were thinking, well, guess what? We're going to get Dak done eventually, and that's going to be a high number. And we know we have Zeke under, the, under contract for a high number, and we know we've got these offensive linemen that we've got to deal with at high numbers. So this, we're designing this contract in this way to give us the out after two years if we want, and now that's what happened. And they, Oh, by the way, how lucky were they to have C.D. fall in their lap a month after they signed Amari Cooper to the deal? So all of that stuff kind of comes, plays together when they're putting, putting their team together. Yeah,
1: eight. I would have to. I mean, I think. I mean, I think anybody who's who's watched the Cowboys knows what Arch is talking about. Especially when you see how they do it, it's kind of clear how they put the team together now. And it's really incumbent on them continuing to uh, to draft well. Um, you know, we didn't spend a lot of time uh, talking about Tank Lawrence's deal. I mean, we we touched on it, but did he ultimately decide that, you know what, it's better to take this 15 this year or whatever it is this year because if they cut me, I don't know if I can get that same money on the market. And it's better to have 30 guaranteed at 30 years old than 20 because they're definitely going to cut me after this year.
2: Yeah, like they all, what, do we, what do we hear teams say when they say, this was a win-win for everybody. Da, da, da. Well, this is really a win-win for everybody because the Cowboys got – you know, fourteen million in salary cap room, which they needed from his deal with him counting twenty seven million bucks, would have been the fifth highest cap figure among defensive players in the league this year. And DeMarcus got thirty million dollars guaranteed to him over the next two years. So instead of him making nineteen million dollars this year, he's making fifty. But he's also banked and, and he was supposed to make when you add add in the twenty twenty three base, he was gonna make forty the next two years, none of it was guaranteed. He's accepted thirty guaranteed over the next two with with an add on year, two add on years, basically to his contract. That again, look at this in two year chunks of where they're going to be. Oh, by the way, Micah Parsons' contract's coming up eventually as well. So um, all of it goes hand in hand. But I think Demarcus didn't want to leave here. He didn't want to go anywhere else. He likes it here. He knows the setup for him is really good. Uh, he's he's got a sweet. House, I think, uh, up that way, up Frisco way, if not in Frisco, near Frisco. Um, and the Cowboys, as we talked about, they're not a better team if DeMarcus Lawrence isn't on the team. And you guys asked me this probably three weeks ago, who would you rather have, DeMarcus Lawrence or Randy Gregory? I told you Lawrence. And now the Cowboys, last night when they went to bed, thought they were going to have both of them. And they, the way that they were able to get the money from DeMarcus to help fund the, the Gregory thing, again, all worked hand in hand. And now they're in a situation where you got to go get another guy and you can't rely on the draft to go get a guy and you can't, you know, it can't be defensive. In my mind, it, it can't or shouldn't be defensive end by rotation. And you're getting guys like Jeremy Mincy and uh, George Selvy and all those kind of guys, good players, uh, Benson Mayo, uh, you know, solid guys, but you need to go get yourself a guy that will command some attention the way Randy did. Um, to to a degree, and how that helped Micah and how that helped Demarcus and how those guys helped Randy as well. They, they, that three-headed monster, if they had the... Jack help me out. If they had those three guys, that would have been their best three pressure players uh, in their front from Ware, Ratliff, and call it Spencer and Ellis, whatever years you want to split those, divvy those guys up, right, among their front. Right. You know, you got to find someone of a similar quality, and that's why I think Von Miller is a Darius Smith. I don't think it will be Chandler Jones. Uh, um, but, you know, they got to find somebody that can help and not be Chauncey Golston. No offense to Chauncey <laughs> Golston. You're going you're gonna to be
0: Chauncey Goldston
2: you'll yeah. be Dorance Armstrong, right? I mean, that, that's the way that one should work out.
0: What about Bradley and I? They could go get him again. He, no, I he, think he's on another team. He was going to be a guy. Come on. Trade for him. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Is there anybody they else? They do need some
2: linebackers, though. They do. They might want I, I Only have two. And I, one guy's coming off a torn ACL. Is
0: there anybody else that you've heard about, whether it's free agents or any, anything happening here? I mean, again, like you talk about, it's the legal tampering period, but you can't officially sign until tomorrow.
2: You're not excited about Bobby Wagner? I mean, come on, everybody wants Bobby Wagner to come
0: here. I mean, I, hell, if we're going to do that, load them up, let's get Wagner Smith and, and Von Miller and just Rams the thing, go all in and see what happens. All right. Yeah. Oh, so you want Zadarius Smith and
2: Bob Miller, okay. Why
0: not? You can rotate them, All and they'll, right. they'll both be fresh. They each play 25 snaps, whatever it is.
2: Well, I'm not going to pay him $15 million a year, so if they're only going to play 25 snaps. <laughs> <laughs> Do I think Bobby Wagner is a, a guy that they've talked about and thought about and maybe have communicated with? Yes. Do so I think ultimately they'll get a deal done? Well, before the Gregory thing, I would have said no. Now, maybe some things change. But again... If Micah is your linebacker and you're going to, and your other linebacker is a guy that plays.
0: We just lost Todd Archer.
1: You're not going to tell that boy about paying the bill. I told him, you got to put it on a credit card so you don't forget.
0: It, it, anytime that happens and we're talking about Cowboy stuff, it makes me wary that, that Jerry has tied in and, and did something here. All right, we got you. I blame you guys. Yeah, you never know. You just dropped off. I, I thought maybe you were talking too much Cowboys and somebody sniped you.
2: <laughs> I don't think there's any such thing as talking too much Cowboys No,
0: but I was, I was going to ask you Because the names that we're talking about Von Miller is about to be 33 like in 10 days or whatever Bobby Wagner turns 32 before the season starts uh, Is there any hesitancy with either of those guys The fact that they would be 32, 33 years old
2: Well, yes, right? I mean, you use the Cowboys history when, You know, they don't like to pay age Especially if it's not their own age uh, of guys right so you know that that is of an that would that is an issue um I, I would make an argument to them you know they let demarcus Ware go here when Demarcus was 31 32 years old uh something like that and demarcus flourished for his time in denver and, and won a super bowl so would von miller be and, and who's also a local guy uh w- would he use the last couple years of his career to Come home and 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 fill the role that Demarcus did in his last couple of years in Denver it seems to make sense. And Darius Smith is is 29; who will turn 30 this season. He's only two months older than Randy Gregory. <laughs> I mean, you're going to pay Randy. And look, he had the back surgery. You know, he, you know I, don't, I think he played one game last year. Uh, people in Green Bay tell me he's healthy, and you know, I think he played in the playoff game. Um, so. But age age is always a concern for these guys. And there will be people that tell you that Bobby Wagner is not Bobby Wagner anymore. But there will also be people that say, no, he can still run and still get it done. Is it with how you're going to employ Micah Parsons, does that make it worth it to sign, it, sign him to that kind of a contract? We'll, we'll find out, I guess.
1: Interesting. This club, my friend, it's always interesting.
2: <laughs> That's always. the
1: understatement. My God.
2: Well, and that like... Jack, Jock, you've been around here since the beginning of time with Jerry. When it gets into situations like this where, you know, it's not been good around this team, right, for for all the off-field stuff that we've talked about uh, that, that's happened since the season ended and everything, it, I, I often think about the Roy Williams trade in 2009, 8, 8, yeah. 9, 8. Well, when they traded for him for Detroit, do you guys remember what happened that day when that trade went down? No. Pac-Man got suspended the same day. <laughs> so, Jerry, you the narrative of Pac-Man getting suspended to, Roy Williams, to the Roy Williams trade. I'm like, what a big day the Cowboys added to their offense with a former first-round pick and a 1,500-yard receiver, and they gave up these draft picks and do-do-do-do-do. You know, now ultimately the deal didn't work out well for the Cowboys, but that's what I keep waiting for, like, when it's going bad that – and Mark Cuban does the same thing. You take the attention off your team and, and you come up with something else. And that's what I'm waiting for the Cowboys to do, to do something that's different for them that will change the narrative or change what, what the, the thought process is around the club um, on and off the field.
0: All right. Todd Archer, as always, man, we appreciate the time. Good information.
2: All right. Sorry for dropping my call there. I don't know what That's happened. Right. I'm blaming you guys still.
0: So. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> That's all good. All right, man.
2: And if, by the time this thing airs, everything might change again. And who knows? Maybe <laughs> Randy will end
0: up finding back show. Yeah, we'll see. There's, We'll see. Thanks, Todd. All right. See you guys. All right. There he is. ESPN Cowboys insider Todd Archer brought to you by Blue Star Motor Group. Check him out online at bluestarmotorgroup.com. Very easy to peruse their website. They've got a phenomenal inventory easier to get a hold of them. 817-881-4066. You can give Deb a call, you can shoot her a text, whatever you want to do. Deb can make it happen. They want to work with you. They want to help you get a deal where you win and they win and everybody's happy. I'm telling you guys. You know, we we have friends that like people that we personally know. Even though so many of you guys listen, you know, that I've had a friend just last week who messaged me and said, hey, uh, I'm looking to get a car. What was that, that Blue Star thing? And, and i like, Blue Star Motor Group, it's Deb. And we tell people, I mean, we are sending people there that we know, go and work with Deb and Mike because you're going to get a great deal.
1: No, nah, man, because for uh, Deb and Mike, man, it's all about the win-win scenario. Uh, I've told you that before. And that, to me, that's what I like about it, man. When the contracts are done and the handshakes have been completed, everybody's smiling. That's not always the case. You're happy with what you drove off because you feel like
0: you got a great car at a great price. BluestarMotorGroup.com. Make it happen. You'll be glad that you did. All right, so before we wrap this up, the NFL free agency, we were kind of talking about this just now with Todd and we, we alluded to some of the deals that were out there. Cedric Wilson getting the $7 million a year to see what he can do with Miami. Connor Williams getting $7 million a year, which I couldn't believe that for Miami. Miami. But the one contract that has blown my mind, the one contract that teams are going to point at and go, that dude just screwed it up for everybody else is the Christian Kirk contract with Jacksonville. Because Jacksonville had a ridiculous amount of cap space and they spent it. They signed six free agents, big money free agents. But Christian Kirk, who really has never been more than a number two wide receiver in Arizona, really was a number three. Christian Kirk, who has played four seasons in the NFL and has a career high of 77 catches, has never had a thousand yard season. Christian Kirk just got a deal for twenty one million dollars a year. Not bad work if you can find it, my brother. Not bad at all. <laughs> now, he
1: is coming off a great year. Seventy seven catches, 982 yards, five touchdowns. I shouldn't say a great year.
0: That's a really good year for him.
1: Uh, now, now is that twenty one million dollar good year?
0: Because Devontae Adams and Julio Jones are the only receivers in the NFL making more money than him.
1: Well, no. I mean, some of this is (laughs) – that's the cost of doing business as as prices increase. But, you know, they're doing what a lot of people do when it comes to this. They're going, okay, he had 77 for 982 and five touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was the number one over there, has been for a couple years. They've got a lot of options over there. And uh, they're hoping that when he is the guy – or I think that they're hoping he's the guy along with it, but they also signed Zay Jones.
0: Mm-hmm. And Evan Ingram. Uh, to,
1: right. Um, you know, that, that he can produce. Now, you and I both know the problem with, with their philosophy because uh, Zay Jones is played six years in the NFL, and uh, a quick look at his stats. He hadn't he's done never, anything. He's never caught more than 56 no. passes or 600 yards. Uh, he had uh, seven touchdowns a few years ago. Um, the dangerous thing that they're doing is they are hoping that these guys who have been number twos, you know, can somehow take over a number one slot. Um, and we know that that's just hard to do, bro. If you ain't a number one, it's just hard. Not You know, it's just hard. Bro. Yeah.
0: and And it's Christian Kirk last year in his four years was the first time he's played a full season. Evan Ingram has only had one season in which he appeared in all 16 games. It it's, They'd have been better off
1: trading for Amari Cooper if all it took was a...
0: Yeah, you was. would think so. I mean, they had the no, money real, for it.
1: No, real talk. They'd have been better off getting a... For, for Trevor Lawrence to thrive, they'd have been better off going to trade for Amari Cooper's contract and then adding one of these other guys because then you got a guy that you know, without question, can be that number one guy for a Trevor Lawrence. And then you know without question that the other guy is very comfortable being the number two guy.
0: But, and look, I'll give him the benefit that it's really an $18 million a year contract, but if he hits all the stuff in it, it can be up to $21 million a year. But even then, man, you look at a guy like a Devontae Adams who is playing on a $20 million tag, and if you're Devontae Adams' agent, you go, no, I mean, Christian Kirk, that's twenty one. And, and you think my guy's playing for 20? We're talking about Devontae Adams. Dude, you know, that's why I don't... any of these guys, you know, Mike Williams with the Chargers who just got extended. I mean, all these guys, like Chris Godwin with the Buccaneers. You think Chris Godwin's going to play for $19 million this season when Christian Kirk just got 20? <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. And, uh, you know,
1: uh, Devontae Adams is always like, dude, I'm not playing on tag. Yeah. Like, it's, it's whatever, bro. I'm
0: not playing on it. So figure it out especially now and that that's how it is and again he right now and, and look christian kirk is solid i'm not saying he's some like people go oh, he's done this and this i get it but has he done it to a level of 18 to 21 million dollars not even close man not nah, even they're, close
1: they're betting on his potential
0: see and that's the thing where now he's the guy so far in free agency that i think kind of screwed up the market a little bit because like alan robinson for instance who still hasn't been signed Allen Robinson, who just played, I think, for $17, $18 million. I mean, if you're a guy like Allen Robinson and you're out there, now, granted, they can say, well, Christian Kirk is younger and, and, and all this, and we believe in his potential. But Allen Robinson can sit there and say, hey, man, I'm 28 years old, and I've got 3,000-yard seasons in my career. And two years ago, when I played a whole season, I went 102 for 1250 And that dude's getting 21? Yeah, brother. I mean, this is going to get really interesting in the wide receiver market, and it's unfortunate too because, you know, we had kind of talked about some of those mid-range free agents, wondering where they may be in the Cowboys' realm, and I kind of wonder, you know, if a guy like Cedric Wilson costs you seven million dollars a year. I mean, I, I I I get Cedric Wilson. There's potential. He's shown some flashes, but again. I don't know. Free agency is weird because all it takes is one team and and you just never know some of the money that's out there. You know, like Kirk Cousins and that whole situation with him. And did you see the details on the Aaron Rodgers contract? No. What are they? It's officially a three-year, $150 million contract. But it basically is, it's kind of what Tom Brady did. He's got two void years on it. Here's the deal. If Aaron Rodgers plays the next three seasons in Green Bay which is 22, 23, 24 for them to make this work and give him the 150 mil. They had to have those void years. His dead cap hit in 2025 is $76 million, (laughs) which means they're going all in for the next three years. And they're basically saying in 2025, we're going full on rebuild. Unless he wanted to keep playing. And then you would do another one of these ridiculous extensions and, and push another $80 million dead cap hit down into 2027 or whatever. He's going to have 76 million hit in three years. That is, I mean, that is a, a $76.8 million dead cap when he, in, in 2025, when he'd be 42 years old, it's a void year, but they still have to eat the money on the dead cap to make it work, obviously, with the bonus and all that. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's, un, that is Unbelievable. Bro. For a dude who won't even be on your team, uh, and again, maybe he will play when he's forty-two. But I mean, th- this really looks like right now a th- a three-year deal. He'll play three years and then he's done.
1: Yeah, it's about uh, it's about winning championships, man.
0: But what does it do? It lowered his cap hit this year in twenty twenty-two from I think it was supposed to be forty-six million dollars, and it lowered it down to like twenty-eight million dollars. And next year it's 31, and then the following year 40. So it it's helped manage the cap a little bit better while he's on the team. But my God, when he leaves a the team, they are screwed. That's why you better win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean real. That's no, why you better right. win. Yeah, that's that's why you better win. And you know the other thing that I thought was interesting with free agency, and we kind of were talking about this in regards to Bobby Wagner and Von Miller. You look at some of the big name free agents. All the dudes who have signed are the young guys. The big names that are still out there, Armstead, the tackle for the Saints, 30 years old. Von Miller, 32. Chandler Jones, 32. Allen Robinson, I guess, who's about to be 29. Stephon Gilmore, 31. Bobby Wagner's 31. Akeem Hicks, 32. What about Tyron Matthew? That's an interesting one for me. I mean, not that the Cowboys would be on him because they don't pay the safety position, but Tyron Matthew would be an interesting dude, still on the right side of 30.
1: No, I think um, I think in the right situation, right scheme, he's a good. He's an interesting player. He Also brings you some leadership thing. Uh, I think the Cowboys spent money on their safety when they brought Malik Hooker back. Yeah. Um, you know they've also uh, you know spent a little bit on draft capital on, on the safety spot. They've uh, got Donovan Wilson. So I mean I think uh, they're not going to do it. But Tyron Matthew can play. He's going to be a good fit for somebody. It's just a matter of uh, what the right spot is for.
0: And then we've got the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, which by the time a lot of you listen to this, he may have decided. Apparently Atlanta is in on him. He met with New Orleans and New Orleans has made an offer apparently. And then today he met with the Cleveland Browns. Now what's interesting about this, Atlanta, if you bring in Deshaun Watson, I don't know how the hell you get around Matt Matt Ryan and the contract and the dead money that it would cost to do something with him. Same Look, with Baker Mayfield and the Browns because Baker's playing on his fifth-year option. That's $18.8 m- million fully guaranteed, whether he plays for him or not. I mean, they can trade him, but it's still on the dead cap.
1: Yeah, I don't know that. But you know, man, uh, depending on how your cap is set up, I mean, don't forget Philadelphia took a $33 million hit. Yeah, there's ways you yeah. can do it. The uh, I think Seattle's taking a big hit for uh, Russell Wilson. Um, so depending on how you got it set up, man, if, if you think this is a guy to help you win a title, then you do whatever's in, in, in is required to get it done.
0: Yeah. And this is going to be really interesting to see where he goes. Cause if the saints are the front runner and by all reports he is, that's where this gets interesting because they are still $9 million over the salary cap. I, I don't know how you make that work, but again, As we saw with the Aaron Rodgers deal, you can push stuff and extend things and do stuff. And there are ways. You can always make it happen, brother. You can always kick the can down the road. (laughs) But eventually, at some point, you stumble into that can and it is rusty and sharp and you step on it and you get tetanus and die. Bruh. (laughs) Welcome to NFL Salary Cap. And that is a podcast we're back at it we'll drop another episode for you guys on friday we'll see officially free agency opening wednesday at noon start of the new league year clarence hill jr will be with us on our next episode we'll get more insight into the cowboys workings the randy gregory deal all that still yet to come thanks for listening and keep at it thanks for listening to the jam session podcast make sure to find us on instagram at jam session cast of course You can also find us on Twitter at McMattRadio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas.